a lot of things have been happening with TomTom Tom in recent months. What are some of the new things that are going on with TomTom Tom at this point? So I've, actually the good thing is for me is that traffic has become a bigger and bigger focus for TomTom. Tom. Uh, partly because on the consumer side, uh, good reliable traffic information and dynamic rerouting is more and more uh, what consumers want, what drivers want and need and see the benefit of. That leads into all kinds of different products that we offer, not just navigation, but then also traffic management services, uh, the link between uh, the driver, the vehicle, and the road system. That means that we've been busy on all those fronts, uh, and one of the, the big steps that we've taken, which we're very happy to announce this week, is um, that we are selected as one of the providers for the I-95 Corridor Coalition based on the uh, University of Maryland's new proposal and RFP process, selection process. Um, so for us, of course, that's a big step in North America. We have done a lot of work with different uh, road authorities and, and state and local governments in, in the U.S. and Canada, but this is really a significant step. When it comes to that information that's available for these traffic management systems, where is that data coming from? So we have a wide range of sources. Number one, to make sure that we're not too reliant on one single one. But number two, because if we only use, for example, uh, truck fleet information, there would be certain routes that wouldn't be covered very well because trucks have certain travel patterns. So we have also partnerships with smartphone manufacturers. We, have, we do have some truck fleet information. We have information from our own app and navigation device customers. And we do incorporate information from road authorities, from governments as well. So all of that goes into our own traffic data fusion, which looks at, for example, are these travelers really on the roads or are they pedestrians? Or are they So that's filtered out. Um, looks at the GPS quality because also from, from all of these sources, we only use GPS information. In the past, we used to use cell-to-cell -cell movements from, from GSM or from cell phones. We don't use that anymore because in cities, it's not accurate enough. So all of that goes through our data fusion, and we also have partners that provide us journalistic information from the media. So, for example, accidents, road closures from public authorities. We also detect road closures ourselves using the probe data so we can see actually if the road is, is closed and then we close it so that people are navigated around it. So uh, essentially all of those sources are put together and continually updated. Our data fusion is every 30 seconds, then a file is made available and uh, so on a one-minute basis the, uh, the coalition partners can actually get files to incorporate into their own systems. When you talk about the I-95 coalition, the immediate thought is I-95, one of the busiest roadways in the United States. But the member states of the I-95 coalition also have very rural areas where there's not a lot of traffic. At what point do you not have enough vehicles to get reliable information on roadways in some of those less populated areas? So that's a great point because the quarter coalition is not just interested in I-95. It's, of course, in, in many places they want to manage the whole network. The good thing about this solution that the quarter coalition and University of Maryland have developed over the years is that these states can use floating car data, probe data, that essentially covers the whole network. They don't have to install cameras, loops, but they can, and they can still see what's going on with a good degree of confidence. So we do deliver actually a confidence level with every speed, bit of speed information that we provide by minute. So they can actually tell is this based on real-time information or is it only historical information. And we do go down to fairly local level, so certainly our arterials are covered very well, 
if we get down to small local cul-de-sacs, well, there may not be any traffic for an hour, so then we won't have any measurements. We do have historical measurements, though, everywhere. So that means that um, we can still provide a speed, but it may be just based on what normally happens in this five-minute period on a Thursday afternoon. So we do have that data that we've built up over the years. That doesn't really help so much with management when something unexpected happens. The unfortunate thing, but maybe the good thing for traffic management, is if there really is a problem on a road and it's creating delays, then we'll have a whole lot of measurements. It is true, though, however, if you think of, uh, say, rural North Carolina going up in the hills from Asheville and someone has hit a deer, how much time is it going to take before that is detected? Well, maybe if it's not affecting anyone in terms of delays, that's not a bad thing, although for maybe emergency response, it does matter. But where there is traffic and where there are movements, we will see it. Not only with the I-95 coalition has TomTom -Tom been making news, but also in the automotive field, there have been some things that you've announced recently. Absolutely. So very recently, we announced our deal with Volkswagen to provide our map for their infotainment system, starting out in North America in three Volkswagen models. It's a five-year agreement. And in principle, it's a global agreement, so we hope to expand that to other markets in the, in the world and uh, provide some more and more models as we, as we work together with Volkswagen. And with TomTom, Tom, you're doing things beyond just North America. Is that also correct? Yes. So we uh, have expanded our uh, real-time traffic information uh, recently to 43 countries. We just recently introduced it uh, officially in Mexico and uh, Chile, as well as in Saudi Arabia and the UAE. And this, this expansion of the real-time information is important, of course, for our automotive uh, customers because they, have, they work in a global market. So they want to be able to provide a good uniform service um, incorporated into their vehicles in a standardized way. But it also opens up new opportunities to help uh, road authorities in all of those regions with traffic management capabilities just like we are for the Corridor Coalition in the U.S. Are there unique challenges as you're dealing with different countries in terms of the culture or as far as traffic management is concerned? Well, that definitely is evolving in what I would term emerging uh, markets uh, where traffic management is new. On the one hand, the challenge of actually having data and, and content and being able to generate reliable information, it's a challenge, but it's also an opportunity because it means that these are often countries where cities are growing very quickly, the traffic is completely out of control, and they're really anxious and working hard to make changes. They can now actually skip some of the mistakes that were made elsewhere and move to a more modern solution immediately for actually a much lower investment than if they tried to equip their highways with uh, traditional systems. So it's, it's a bit of chicken and an egg, but now with, for example, the sources that I named in terms of what we use to collect real-time traffic information, that's also available in so many countries now that it's, it's possible to make a huge step. Most people who are listening to this probably first became aware of TomTom Tom in terms of personal navigation devices in their vehicles as smartphones have proliferated and navigation devices incorporated within those smartphones and in vehicle systems as well. Is that part of the business? I know you're not involved so much with the consumer side, but is that part of the business changing because of that? It definitely has changed. We do work with a lot of smartphone and in-dash uh, system makers and, and providers. So in that sense, we have changed along with the consumer behavior change. 
there still is a navigation device market, so we are still providing them. We're still innovating and, and coming out with new uh, devices. But it's become a much more diverse market. So we need to operate more uh, agilely in different, different segments and different channels and try to cover all the bases. And as it evolves, make sure that we're on top of it. So we also have partnered with a lot of app makers. So we do have our own smartphone apps, but we've got a lot of partners as well that use our content, may use our routing engine because it's still considered the best one. And they brand it as their own app, but it's got a lot of our content and, and uh, intelligence behind it. I would say the same thing goes on the automotive side. We've seen a huge change in OEMs and how they've been operating. Their, their product cycles have become much shorter. They have responded to uh, the challenge that, that drivers and, and consumers have, have made. And um, the Volkswagen deal is, is an example of that. But we've had quite a few uh, deals that we've announced over the last couple of years for connected services that are all part of that transition. Nick, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much.